Um, the NFL Super Wild Card round eh, lacked the fourth quarter drama, but uh, the results leave us with plenty of questions. Out to the uh, KDUS hotline we go. We're now joined the sports on by Eric Edholm of NFL Media. And Eric, let's start with a happy story. The Lions are going to play a second home playoff game. Everybody gets to talk about Dan Campbell, who's obviously done a great job. But I want to ask you about general manager Brad Holmes. What has most impressed you about how he has built this organization? Well, yeah, I think Brad did a did a really uh, interesting thing with the Jared Goff trade. You know, that was viewed as a salary dump at the time by the Rams. Um, and I think people watching from, from afar thought, okay, well, they'll have Goff as the bridge quarterback for a year or two. You know, they're going to take on his salary and, and they get the first-round picks. And, you know, that's the only reason they made the trade. But, you know, I, I know Brad a little, and I knew him when he was with the Rams prior to that as uh, Les Needs uh, sort of consigliere, if you will, his right-hand man, and a lot of uh, a lot of big deals they made to build a Super Bowl team there. Um, you know, I, I, he shut that down and said, no, we, we think Jared can play in this league and, you know, do – maybe some things that he didn't do in LA. And so uh, that's all come to fruition in addition to getting the draft capital and they've used their picks extremely well the last uh, three, four years. You know, you also get a starting quarterback who's one of the, you know, four NFC QBs still standing. One of those guys is going to start in the Super Bowl. Why, why couldn't it be golf? Right. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's certainly possible, especially with Dallas dropping and, you know, you never know how these things are going to shake out, but yeah, it's it's been a uh, a, a strong roster building process that started with the quarterback. But if you look back, obviously, Penny Sewell's first pick, and a lot of the other choices were infrastructure picks, offensive, defensive line, secondary, things like that. The Rams. You mentioned the Rams. How long can Matthew Stafford play like he did a lot of this season and on Sunday, on Sunday night when they, uh, you know, it wasn't his fault they lost. Obviously, that he was still good in that game. Yeah. Oh, I I think a lot of people who were probably there spent good money and waited a long time to watch that game were quietly fearing the worst when he, especially on that that second what ended up being a field goal drive. Uh, uh, you know, was he going to take the lead? Also, if Goff doesn't get a first down and McVay doesn't use timeouts, basically saying, like, we we, we think we're going to stop you on these next two plays, Stafford gets the ball back at home with a chance to win it and just, you know, open-heart surgery on every single person in that place. So, <laughs> yeah, it certainly was lining up that way. It looks great. Um, but but Goff and the, and the Lions had just enough at the end. I mean, as far as Stafford's future, look, he's, what, 35 now? He's going to be 36, I think, next year, if I'm not mistaken. Injuries have been a major part of his story, certainly in 2022. Uh, this season, he missed a couple games as well. You know, the Rams did a really good thing in, in rebuilding their offensive line. I think that was really an underrated part of their success this season. Uh, drafting Steve Avila, uh, you know, bringing Kevin Dotson over. And, you know, they kind of helped glue that group together that was a problem previously. So, you know, if they can keep that group together, McVay continues on as play caller. You know, they're obviously going to have a lot of weapons. I think he can have at least one more great season, if not multiple great seasons. But you do worry about the, you know, the unknown or the unexpected injury situation cropping up. Cowboys and the Eagles, uh, they're done. Which organization between those two has more questions to answer over the next few months or days? Man, (laughs) 
I, it's a tough call. I, I, I don't know how these owners are going to react. You know, we think about Jeffrey Lurie in Philadelphia, and, and they've had some, um, some moves that have shocked people, obviously, like the, you know, the Chip Kelly thing and um, other, other head coaching decisions they've made, firing Andy Reid. That was, you know, very controversial, even though it felt like the time had come. And I don't know if they're going to make a change. I don't know if this is more about Nick Sirianni being put on watch and, and being asked to fire his entire defensive staff. I don't know what they do. I, I, I think there will be a reaction. I don't know if it's going to be quite as drastic as what ends up happening in Dallas, but, you know, even there, you know, we haven't heard about that. And Jerry seemed to be shocked. I mean, just, just yeah. completely caught off guard that his defense would get wrecked the way it did, that, that Dak Prescott would look as unsure as he did after a, a really strong regular season. I mean, I felt like Dak's poise and confidence were, were big, big positives this season after, you know, an interception uh, late in season in 22. So it's really hard to know. I, I, I feel like it's hard to judge a guy off one game because the results in the regular season have been very good. But if you've consistently seen a team that struggles to win in the postseason, they did win at Tampa last year, but – you know, it was a fading Bucks team under 500. Tom Brady on his last legs. I mean, I don't know. Big picture, there, there's there's some pros for sure, but you know, Jerry wants a ring, and he badly wants it after all this these years that he's gone without one. So, I, I, I mean, if you just look at it in terms of what the reactions are going to be, I suspect Dallas's might be a little stronger, but you know, Philly isn't going to be afraid to shake things up after what what was a incredibly disappointing final six, seven games. Does Dak and several of his teammates, do they have like a postseason DNA issue here? You mean in terms of just like whether they have that clutch gene or not? I mean, I, yeah, yeah. I mean, they've been, yeah, it's, I don't know. That's, that's a tough one for me to suggest like, Oh, Dak Prescott just can't get it done in the clutch. I don't think I can go quite that far. I, I think, if, if I mean, they, they were just outclassed in that game, and it was stunning how kind of unprepared they looked, you know, and mm-hmm. Dan Quinn's done a great job adjusting defensively this season. I mean, they've had games where they've given up some yards, no doubt. Look at the San Francisco game. Look at the Seattle game. Look at other games along the way where, you know, they weren't as tight defensively as I thought they would be coming into the season. But, you know, I just – ultimately that that has to reflect poorly on the coaching job there i just don't know if they were expecting something different from green bay or what but man green bay seemed to be pretty dialed in on what the cowboys were going to do offensively and they had all kinds of you know looks to give them on the other side of the ball that made dallas's defense i mean look at the 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 musgrave touchdown I don't think there was a defender within 15 yards. And this is, you know, after the onslaught had happened, it was just a, it was strange scene. And I think the coaching part of it is going to ultimately be what Jones feels is missing from this team right now. All right. Talking with Eric at home from NFL media, first year NFL starting quarterbacks, Jordan Love and CJ Stroud were great. And then great's a word that I only use when I mean it because I think it's overused <laughs> by many. Uh, what, what impressed you the most about Love and Stroud? 
Well, for Love, I mean, boy, he was put on notice. Uh, like, uh, you know, week 9, 10, I mean, it was, you know, midway through the season when, when Brian Gutekunst, the general manager, almost felt the need to, I don't even want to say calm people down, but even open the idea up of we have to see how Jordan finishes this season before we decide what direction we're going at quarterback. I mean, that's where things were. So there's a, there's a sliver of me that's hesitant to throw all the flowers at Jordan Love, but watching him play the last, you know, the last half of the season, really since uh, about week 10 or so, I mean, it's been incredible. I mean, he's just, he's looked very Rodgers-esque and very Favre-esque, and obviously we're sort of used to a certain standard of, of quarterbacking in Green Bay, but it's amazing how he's doing the, the sorts of things that they have they did for, you know, 35 years or whatever it was uh, since Favre took over, and just, you know, making it look like it's always looked. So, again, only half a season, we'll see how he does, but he's a California kid. He's going back to, to face the 49ers. You know, I, I I can't wait to see this game. Really, the two hottest offenses, arguably, down the stretch were the Packers and the 49ers. So, this thing really sets up beautifully. With Stroud, you know, really you could say from week two on, he looked pretty special. And I watched that game in week one against the Ravens. He wasn't bad at all. He made some throws early that made you think, okay, this kid's going to, you know, going to hang in there all day long. He didn't have a great day throwing the football, but he didn't have a bad one. So, you know, I felt like that kind of game was more of the Stroud we would see in this first season. I thought he'd be good. I had him higher than, than Bryce Young, but I didn't expect brilliance at times. And, you know, it's funny because it almost felt in retrospect like he was held back a little at Ohio State. Like they just wanted him to play within the system. We've got all these superstars, you know, get the ball in their hands, let them do the work. Instead of, you know, you have this Maserati, you may want to take it out on the highway every now and then. And the Texans have been more than happy to go on a few joy rides. So it's been, it's been a blast to watch. Okay. Also on Saturday, the Chiefs and the frigid cold eliminated the Dolphins. Uh, is this enough to you know, think that the Chiefs have flipped the switch, the playoff switch? And uh, should Tua be the Dolphins' long-term quarterback, and that's a question that Chris Greer, the GM, said yes to when he was asked on Monday. Yeah, I think they're going to they're gonna play this out. Let's go in reverse order, I think. I mean, there are three options, right? You either trade him, sign him to an extension, or you let him play out the fifth-year option, which I think off the top of my head is around $23 million. So it's, you know, it's, a, it's a fair number for, for, uh, for a starting quarterback and you know, it gives them a little bit more time to, to decide, is this the guy that, that we want to embrace and build, a, build a, a program around? You know, obviously early in the season, even up through points in December, I think you would say he was in the MVP race. You know, there was a lot of good things that came out of Tua and Tyreek Hill and Waddle and uh, David, Devin Achan and, and Mostert. Um, once the injuries started setting in, it obviously crumbled the team from within, I think, especially on defense, but offensive line wasn't spared. You know, the, the, the backfield went through some lumps as well. Tua started getting hit more late in the year. And then that one game, I think, raised a lot of questions for people about, look, if you're only built to, to withstand your, your own comfy environments in Miami and you're a team that hasn't shown the ability to beat better clubs, you know, I would say the Cowboys were – 
you know, on relatively even footing. It was a very close game in Miami, came down to one possession. You know, Cowboys could have won it. So, it's just there's such a a problem right now with wondering whether two is the guy or whether there's also another issue, and that's a roster problem and a roster uh, just sort of how you built your team. Maybe great during the regular season, maybe less effective in uh, going up against AFC heavyweights on the road. Okay, next to last question. I only got a couple minutes here. So, uh, Mike Tomlin, one year left in his contract. I uh, would not talk about his future after the uh, Steelers' loss at Buffalo. What should Tomlin and the, what should the Tomlin and the Steelers do at this point? Well, as I wrote in the power rankings this morning, I felt like watching that was sort of surreal. Actually, I mean, I was, you know, we'd heard some reports that maybe Mike might walk away. You know, talk to his family, see what happens after the season, take a one-year hiatus, possibly. You know, we don't know. All options might be on the table. I feel like I shouldn't even have to say this, but he's earned enough credit to to walk away at his own, you know, behest, at his own decision, and and, mm-hmm. and it should be afforded that, that enough time to make that call without the Steelers, uh, you know, preemptively firing him or whatever. I mean, I I guess I'd be stunned that organization, especially the continuity they've shown since the '60s. You know, it's hard to hard to imagine them all of a sudden sort of switching gears and saying yeah you've been really successful for us but we got to get rid of you because all of a sudden Mike Vrabel's a free agent you know I just I mean could it happen sure absolutely um but I don't think there's any question that he's at least considered the possibility of stepping aside for a season the Steelers would retain his rights they'd hire somebody else coach and then they probably trade him sometime next year that's that's just a possibility again I don't know whether that ends up happening but I would I would say there's there's a chance it happens okay last up and be as long as short as you want here uh there are many coaching openings in the NFL there might be a couple more with the Cowboys and the Eagles what organization would be the best fit for Bill Belichick a tough call. I mean, I I thought Atlanta made some sense before he was even connected there. I didn't know if they, you know, I mean, obviously I just know Arthur Blank tried to get Joe Gibbs back in the day, try, you know, tried to get Bill Parcells to be his his football honcho. Yeah. I believe there's a relationship between Blank and, and Belichick. I think it would <clears throat> make some sense, but the one big worry would be the quarterback spot. Like, what do you do there? Do you just bring in a Jimmy Garoppolo or whoever and and say be the caretaker of this offense because we have so much skill, position, talent? Maybe. I think there's talent there. I really I watched a lot of Falcons football this year. For some reason, I ended up getting them a lot on Sunday assignments, and it was frustrating because you knew they could be better than they were. So that makes some sense. I mean, if Bill wants to just push all the chips in the middle and say, screw it, we're going for it, then Dallas is the spot. I mean, it just feels too obvious in some ways, and some people say, well, how could Jerry and Bill work together? Look, I, at this stage of both of their careers, I think they'll put up with some, some guff from, from either side to, you know, to sell out, so to speak, to make sure they get one more ring yeah. in, the, in the bank. So I don't know. I, I, I think Atlanta's the quote-unquote safe choice, if you will, and Dallas is more of the uh, pie-in-the-sky uh, opportunity. Jerry worked with Parcells. He gave Parcells a I know. shot. So. You know, we'll see how I mean, this it, goes. And, it, and he gave him control for a while. I don't know if that would happen yeah, exactly. in, in this situation. I mean, Will McClay, yeah. their, their 
de facto GMs sticking around. So I don't know. It's fascinating. It is. Eric, good stuff as always. We'll be catching up soon. Thanks. All right. See ya. Eric at home, NFL media. He's got other responsibilities. He's got to get off to those. So uh, thanks for uh, joining us there for 15 minutes or so, which was a lot. So thank, thanks much to Eric and a lot going on, needless to say, in the NFL. And that's not going to change anytime in the next uh, few days, few weeks, few months, few years.